today's episode. After a big day out karting, I'm going to give you all the details on how that went. My first karting experience was amazing. All the results. What went wrong, what went right. Yeah, I'm just going to talk about karting today. Man's going go-karting this weekend. I haven't been this excited for something since. I haven't been this excited for something since. Jeez. I don't know when the last time I was this excited for something. Do you ever get a blank when you try to remember something? And instead of your brain actually trying to find the memory, it's just spinning in circles. Uh, repeating the question to yourself, like, remember that time, remember that time, remember that time, and you're not actually trying to find it, because you're not sure what you're looking for, and all your brain power is just repeating the question, so you're never going to find it, it's a bit like a, it's a bit like a black hole, just endless. Vacuum of mass. Probably since the last time I've been away, basically. Since the last time I've had a holiday, I haven't been this excited. And I'm going go-karting. And all that's going through my head now is like... All these F1 races I've been watching. I've been, I've been taking tips off Max Verstappen. Every weekend. You know, I'm... I'm watching him aggressively overtake people. This aggressive um, style of driving. I will emulate that on the track. I will also emulate his winning ways. Um, this is the plan. Uh, I'm hoping to, you know, set the stall early, get get the fastest lap. I'll probably take it easy for a few laps, you know. I need, I need to create a relationship with this go-kart. I need to say kart. Kart sounds more professional. I need to establish a connection between me and the kart. Become, become one with the machine. Man and machine become one. And when man and machine combine, you get excellence. I think that's the Peugeot um, tag. Martin Luther King once said, when man and machine combine, you can get the fastest lap. I plan to, you know, have a chat with the team. Uh, give me all the power. See what the data is saying about the track, the temperature, the, you know, just the, the overall performance of the car on the day. We'll figure out the best strategy. I will execute the strategy. So that's a given. Uh, you know, I'm gonna release this after, after the race because obviously my contestants would, uh, my contestants, my rivals would be listening, and then they're gonna, they're gonna copy my strategy. Not that they'd be able to like beat me if they knew my strategy even then, 
but you know it might just make things a little bit more difficult for myself so yeah i'll release this after after it happens and you know i'll add on the the result uh the, the, my win i'll add on that i won you know also that i got the fastest lap uh the full 26 points uh i i'm i'm planning on taking the full full uh total of points and just getting ahead in the championship early this may be a one and done um competition you know we'll see we'll see can anybody rise to close to my level my max verstappen pace level no i've never driven a car before but you know my natural ability will will always be there when it comes to anything competitive but especially when it comes to motor racing never been in a race in my life other than like the sports days in school which i lost horribly every time but this is different this is this is motor racing and if there's anything i'm an expert in it is not motor racing as as a whole but just formula one and if karting could be compared to anything in life it is formula one therefore i am an expert at karting logic but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm excited to just race i was thinking about it earlier i was like this is this is gonna be un unbelievable like you get in the go-kart and you you're given a track and you're racing your mates and it's just you just let off hell for leather it's how often in life do you get to race people you know unless you're down like the country roads and you're doing a drag race in your open course i don't know i wouldn't go for that myself now but this is uh this is like legalized racing i'm not sure what the carts will be like but uh let's have a look then shall we oh it's gonna be so sick you know i'm just gonna from what i've learned from playing the f1 games and from just watching f1 i'm gonna implement implement the same techniques you know break break before turning i think that'll be key because from any kind of karting i've seen they seem to drift a lot and some people say you should drift some people say drifting slows you down uh i know in f1 you certainly don't want to be drifting around corners you know you got to save those tires and get the max get the best exit out of the corner and drifting is not going to give you the best exit is it i don't think so anyway so yeah brake before turning is going to be absolutely key i'll keep that card close to my chest uh, what else uh, there's no gear changes so 
that simplifies accelerating quite quite easy what else I mean overtaking is gonna be big because when you see these indoor karting tracks they're very narrow looking and the carts are quite wide because they've got those buffers on them as well so overtaking is going to be tricky and I, I, I'm not saying I'll be overtaking because look I'll be in I'll be in the front from the from the get-go uh, but there's also I think in the second race the one that we booked anyway there's like two races and the result of the first race flips the grid so if you finish first in the first race you'll actually start from the back so I'll be starting from the back in the second race and I quite like playing the cocky character actually it's quite fun it's, <laughs> it's music very smiling to myself being all sure you know confident of something I've never done before yeah so basically in the second race I'll be I'll be starting from the back as I, I'd have won the, the race, the previous race. And, you know, if I've got five, six people in front of me, that's a lot of overtaking. And, you know, I'm going to want to do that in the first couple of laps and just establish that I am the leader once again. And, you know, it'll be tricky on these on these narrow circuits to, to find those gaps. But I fully back my ability to, you know, just time the overtakes, get the perfect exit, and just have absolute acceleration. Um, use a bit of slipstream when when needed. Stick on the DRS, open the flap, bit of arrow. Duck the head down to make yourself more streamlined. Hmm. Just, you know, everything you see Verstappen doing in his wins, I'll be emulating in a cart. I'll probably be there like halfway through the race trying to rip off a, a visor, not realising that I only have one. It's a wet and blustery day, but that does not matter because it's an indoor track. With an average speed of just 20 kilometers an hour. 17 turns, 10 to the left, 7 to the right. Your tire compounds for today. 1. Standard cart tire. Your grid lineup today. All the racers today have not driven a cart before. Therefore there will be several crashes, safety cars, virtual safety cars, you name it. They'll be hitting walls left, right and center. This will make for an entertaining race, mark my words. Jeez! 65 kilometers an hour! 65, yeah? That doesn't sound fast at all, but I know when you're 
when you're in those little indoor circuits that's gonna feel so fast you probably won't even get up to that probably get up to that like for a split second on on one of the straights which sure we'll see I think this is gonna if I don't win in absolute domination this is gonna I'm gonna be absolutely slated but you know you gotta back yourself all the way it's just unfortunate if you've if you've got a podcast and you use that to to back yourself there because then it's on the internet forever but anyway no pressure <laughs> can we have a look at the can we have a look at the card can we right so they're the industry leader Saudi adult cart okay okay Saudi adult cart you know I'm fully thinking like you know if if this uh, if this race feels as exciting as I think it will, like kind of adrenaline adrenaline pumping just speed demon fun filled competitive natured race if it ticks all those boxes and i leave there like wanting to go the next day if i leave there wanting to go like the next weekend or just do it straight away again I'm like, do I drop everything in life and start racing for a living? And when I say for a living, I mean I'd have to put in years of work before I actually start winning. Or if I, uh, sorry, I, I'd start winning straight away. I'd have to put it in years before I'd actually like start earning money. I assume the Saudi carts you'll see at our tracks are powered by a four-stroke petrol Honda engine. That can give out 200 cc's of power. I'm pretty sure my car is a 1000 cc's. So a fifth of the car is pretty decent. For a little car. Sodi SR5. It's a Honda engine. That's good. You know. Looking at how Honda has been performing for Red Bull this season in F1. That's. That's a. Uh, ooh. That's that's looking good for us with the carts, you know. I'd be very confident knowing there's a Honda engine under me. Uh, bomb around the corners, you know, that's so reliable. Probably the fastest out there, other than Mercedes, but I don't think there's any Mercedes on the track. In, in carts, anyway. I love this line. Can often exceed speeds of 60 kilometers an hour. Can often. So, 60 is the absolute max. But this can feel like 80 kilometers an hour when sitting just 2 inches off the ground. You see, that's what I'm saying. It's going to feel like 100 
fucking miles an hour, I'd say. They have no gears and are fully automatic. Can it be fully automatic if it doesn't have gears? So no need to worry about the gears. I'd actually prefer to have gears. Even if it was like three gears. That'd be pretty cool. You know, on the very tight corners, down to one. Quickly up to two, back up to three for the straight. Down to two for the short corners. But anyway. My full racing prowess will not be shown. As there won't be gears, so this that's absolutely fine. You know, it makes things simple for me. It'll just be like a walk in the park. Accelerate. Brake. Handbrake. No, I don't use handbrake. The steering wheel is the all-important control center of the cart, which gives the driver complete control of the cart as they zip around the track. I bloody hope I'd have full control. <laughs> what those bloody... You know those bikes... They're like two-wheeled scooter things that you lie down on. And they've got small wheels on either end. And you steer them with bars by your side. That would be a nightmare to have that kind of steering. The steering wheel itself is designed to give the driver maximum grip and turning ability. Okay. The seats in our carts are bucket seats made from heavy-duty plastic. And are fully adjustable to suit your height feel like you're sitting too far from the wheel or too close. Remember the Marsden wheel is you really. I feel like I'm going to be thinking a lot when I'm sitting in the car at the start. I'm going to be like, oh, am I too close? Am I too far? This doesn't feel absolutely comfortable. I don't know. Should I be further? Should my arms be extended? Should I be close and, and tight? Uh, am I sitting too high? Am I sitting too low? I need, I need to be able to see the track well. Oh, God. I just need to, you know, be calm. Just, you know, just feel the track beneath my feet. Often when you hear F1 drivers talk about the feel of the car or the track, they actually say that they kind of feel it through their bum. Like their arse is the main way that they kind of feel the... Whether it's the traction, whether it's the, the aerodynamics tire wear all these little vibrations they kind of they have the sixth sense of their arse basically so that's something else I need to take into fact into uh, account when you know carding listen to your arse listen to your arse when it's calling to you oh lord what's going on the pedals, along with the steering pedal control, is another task you need to master if you want to finish in pole position. No, don't you worry. The accelerator pedal pumps. The accelerator pedal pumps the fuel into the engine and the brake pedal helps you control your speed. Our carts are fitted with a hydraulic braking system. Damn. Hydraulics, eh? An anti-double pedaling technology which stops you accelerating. Oh, that's interesting. So you can't accelerate and brake at the same time. But which do, which does it do then? <laughs> if I'm pressing both at the same time, which does it do? We'll find out. I'd say it probably brakes first, always. 
if you're accelerating and you touch the brake at all it probably just breaks it also protects also protects the clutch from damage fair enough the adjustable pedals offer driver comfort oh interesting the adjustable pedals offer driving comfort and allows the driver to benefit from benefit from optimum sensitivity and efficiency in braking and accelerating. That's just one more thing that I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sitting there thinking Okay, how far back should my foot be angled? How far should my heel be from the pedal? So many things to factor in, but you know that's why we've got a team. Uh that's why I've got my pit crew and the chassis. The carts are fitted with a chin chin. They are fitted with a twin tube lightweight and aerodynamic chassis, which keeps it very responsive, helping you regain that high speed after you've bossed your way around a corner. This they know exactly what I'm about to do this again. There's also a rubber shock shock I cannot speak. There's also a rubber shock absorbing system mounted on the chassis front and back for extra protection. Won't need it. Just in case of accidental collision with crash barriers or other carts. Yeah. I'm going to be overtaking people. And I'm going to be skimming. There'll be friction. You know that electric shock you get when you're when you're really close to touching somebody but you don't. And there's a, a lightning bolt between you and their clothing or their skin. Whatever it is. That's going to be my cart and the person I'm overtaking's cart. That's how close it's going to be. But I'll have judged it so well that there won't be any contact. And if there is, it's because of the other driver, obviously. Moving on. The bumpers. Loss of control and contact with crash barriers and other carts are frequent in leisure karting. Not from me. These frequent impacts can not only cause damage to the cart structure and components, but also present a safety hazard to the driver. To reduce those efforts, we but also avoid go-karts overriding and barrier penetrations. So the guard developed an all-round high-density plastic protection system. This includes the front bar, two sides bar, protecting the wheels and engine, and the rear bar exhaust and transmission protection. These different parts making up the Berlin and the additional framework is letting bars. These complete system offers a great flexibility in different mission capabilities and therefore enhancing energy absorption capacity. The tires. Here's your tyres for today. Our Sony carts are fitted with state-of-the-art slick tyres which allow for more traction. This means that you can take corners with more speed and control just as long as you are capable of keeping the car under control. There's a bit of sass in this information. If you, As long as you are capable of keeping the car under control. Yeah, I'm glad to see the slick tyres anyway. I'd, I'd be disappointed if I was on the hards. My tyre man management is pretty decent. Uh, so... There's no worry about overwearing the slick tires before the end of the race. I'll have it under control. There'll be no, there'll be no rubber left in from me. I'll tell you that. And that's that's it. Let's have a look at the tracks, shall we? There's three tracks. I've no idea which we'll be racing on, but I'll I'll let you know. Uh, the first one, Circuit de Spa, Flankers. Flanger Champs Flanger Champs Spa basically Our main racing track likened to the famous Oh this is going to be one of those things that keeps flicking away 
Our main racing track likened to the famous Belgian Formula 1 track Spa Franck-Schur-Champs. For its fast speeds and challenging corners, track 1 has an acute mix of bank corner hills, chicanes and hairpins, but is all is most low for its 70 meter straight. Jeez! 70 meter straight. That's when I'm going to take everyone on that one. There's going to be like a triple overtake while they're squabbling for position. You just wait and see. Then we got Circuit de Monte Carlo. Oh, I hope we're racing in Monaco. I'm just saying right now, if I win at this circuit called Circuit de Monte Carlo, which is likened to the, the Monaco GP circuit, for the rest of my life, I'm telling people that I, I want to race at Monaco. And I'm just going to leave it at that. If they ask for any details, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear them. Yes, I, I won a race in Monaco. Monte Carlo, to be precise. Track 2 offers an entirely different racing experience from track 1. It is likened to the famous Monte Carlo Formula 1 circuit for its tight corners and high speeds. Track 2 is the ultimate multi-level track with numerous banked corners. Flyovers and underpasses. Drivers highlight the challenging chicane. So there's a couple of really tight hairpin corners on this which is basically like when the track comes back on itself and Monaco has a few of them so that'll be class if we got, got to race on that one and then finally we have Circuit de Suzuka uh, which was the the Japanese F1 track I, haven't, I don't think they've raced there in a few years that's our track 3 is our newest track and it's multi-level figure of 8 similar to the F1 circuit to Suzuka in Japan drivers love its challenging corners and fast speeds T3 is used is used for time trial sessions only also I don't think we'll be on that one that's fine yeah very exciting very very exciting anyway It's gonna be a good crack. It's gonna be, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of competition in the air. Tensions will be high. I won't be speaking to any of my friends. Uh, you know, it's business at the end of the day. They'll understand that. They'll they'll know I'm there to win, and they'll know that I will be winning. That is that is the end of the story, really. But damn, it's gonna be so much freaking fun. Only racing. Ah, oh, it's gonna be so freaking good. I'm gonna in in my helmet. I'm gonna be there, like commentating over the race, being like, "Oh, there's been a big crash at turn three. The safety car is out. Who was it? It was Stroll. It was Jeff." He's hit the barrier. And he's absolutely fine because there's rubber around him. Anyway. I shall update you with, with how the race goes. If it goes well enough. I will be taking up a career in racing. You know, the next time you hear a podcast it'll be from uh, from Silverstone or something like that. I'm here in Silverstone. I think, like, realistically, like, 
Alfa Romeo might pick me up. Because I'd say Raikkonen... Raikkonen's at the end of his career, surely. Where else? Like... Haas. Surely somebody will be taken in instead of Mazepin. You know, I'd rather not be in a slow car as a Haas, but... If that's... If that's where I have to prove myself, then that's absolutely fine. Somebody will pick me up anyway. You know... All going well this weekend. So I was doing my weekly grocery shop in Aldi the other day. Big exciting news. Nothing too crazy happened. I was shopping for a keto diet though, which is... It's a bit more expensive. I wouldn't like to be on a keto diet always because... um, You're just basically buying a trolley of meat. And, yeah, just meat and cheese, cold meats, raw meats, a bit of, bit of salad, mushrooms, avocado, just like anything that is the expensive part of your grocery shop, that's what you're buying more of for keto. So yeah, I'm glad I'm, I I won't be doing that permanently, because it's uh it's kind of doubled the the cost of the weekly shop. But anyway, that's not what the story was about. The story was about when I put back my trolley, and you know you put your two li- your two euro into your your deposit on the trolley. Uh, it's funny that system, isn't it? Like there's nothing else that you you borrow for like an hour for just a two euro deposit like even if you go to the gym and you get a key for the locker you don't even pay for that or usually the lockers just have the keys in them anyway it's like if you're going to a coffee shop and having a sit down cappuccino and you have to pay a euro for the cup before giving it back I can't think of anything else where you a two euro or a one euro coin is enough to put in a deposit on something so that you don't bin it. Or it, it makes you bring it back to the, the trolley bay anyway. Hmm. Those guys that push around the, the, the like, what, what is it, like a pile, uh, a collection of trolleys. A stack. I suppose it's a stack of trolleys. The guys that push them around, they've got a hard job. You know, when there's 30 trolleys in a row. And he's steering from the back. Similarly to an F1 car, when you're turning a chicane. And all the power is coming from the back. Naturally, that front just wants to spin. And go anywhere but straight. And... Yeah, all the, all those trolleys at the front that are kind of at their loosest are just flapping around. Um, probably getting dragged by the wind a bit. And he's got cars pulling out of spaces. He's got he's got prams. He's got families running in front of him, and he can't brake. Can he? 
I suppose they all, they all are attached, so if he breaks, yeah. If he just stops and holds on, the pile will eventually stop, but it'll be like a knock-on effect. And it'll be like it'll be like a whip at the end. It could just go anywhere. So yeah, that's that's a tough job. I wouldn't like to be a trolley pusher. Car park. Um chief. I don't know what they'd be called, to be honest. And that's on a good day, you know, if you've got a rainy, windy day. You've got a slick surface. Um, those trolley wheels are not made for, for grip. They're made for, I don't know, cheap stability. But yeah, you got to factor in all those things when you're driving trolleys. Anyway, the point of my story was I was putting back my trolley after doing my Aldi shop. And... There was a mum and a son behind me waiting waiting to get a trolley. And I could hear them. The mother was kind of saying, Oh, I don't, I haven't got two, oh, I don't have two euro. And she was like, check how much it is for the trolley. And he was like, oh yeah, it's two euro coin. And she's like, no, I don't, I don't have a two euro. Oh no. Um, and she was like, oh, we'll have to run inside and get one. And I was like, all right, here we go. Um, do you need a two euro coin? Because I'm done mine, you can have mine. They're like, oh yeah, you're a star. Thanks for that. I was like, oh, not at all. Just your everyday hero, that's all. Don't worry about it. Jeff, uh, cheers Jeff's the name, by the way. Subscribe to the podcast. Um, but no, you're very welcome. This is absolutely fine, don't worry about it. Just giving you a two euro for two ones. And um, yeah, well, happy Grant. Walk to the car check my hand the two one euro coins turns out one of them was a pound she gave me a euro and a pound uh i was like ah that's, that's what you get for for doing a good deed i don't know what do you get for doing a good deed half the half the credit because that's exactly what i got One pound and one euro from my two euro coin. Hardly a fair deal now. And I was like, I wonder did she know what she was doing? She was like, I'll never see that guy again. And if he doesn't look properly at the coins I give him, I've, I've, you know, I've handed off that one pound that I've had in my purse for five years now. <laughs> and I was just laughing, thinking like, that's so... Not typical, but it was just a funny moment where I I felt I was I was doing a nice thing. I listened to their conversation. They didn't ask me. I was just like, "Do you want a two euro? Because I've I'm finishing my shop. You can have mine, and I'll take whatever cash they have." And I wasn't thinking I'd get a pound, but anyway, I wonder what the value of a pound is. Maybe I've done better. How much is one pound to a euro? Great British pounds, not the standard British pound. One seventeen. Okay. That's yeah, and on 
on the year graph of where a pound is to euro that's like pretty much as high as it's been so i've just gained 17 cent of value from a coin swap for a trolley i gave two euro and got back the equivalent of two euro 17 cent Will I ever use that pound? Probably not. But you know, it's the same with people that are that own um, cryptocurrency. Will I ever use it? No. But I've got the value there. It looks good. It's a, it's a big number. Yeah. That old Bitcoin, eh? It'll get you. It'll get you eventually. I went about I went about three years not losing anything on Bitcoin. If I just end end the story there, that sounds like geez, he's made a fortune. <laughs> Cause you just assume if somebody's investing in a, in a coin Ooh, they 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 must be they must know their shit, you know? They must have made money. Not really. Um, initially I did. Initially I think I invested about 100 quid. This was when Bitcoin was worth, I don't know, 5,000 maybe? 1,000? It's grown so much. But I remember it had doubled in value. It might have even been more. It might have like tripled or quadrupled in value. But by the time I kind of chose to take it out, it was it was still double what I invested. So that was pretty exciting. And I think a lot of people experienced that kind of initial high where unlike a lot of stocks and currencies, this just jumped up so fast and suddenly like you could have had money in it for a week and you still would have doubled your money. It's just crazy how quick it happened. And then since that, I never put a lot into it at a time. I was kind of, I put 20 quid at a time. And because it was so tumultuous, I'd be taking it out just as often as I'd be putting it in. So it wasn't really an investment. It was just like, it was just fucking gambling really. And I'd make like one euro, I'd make two euro. I'd I'd be taking it out and reinvesting when it was a bit lower. Um just being real cautious because you could see how dodgy the, the value was. And um but yeah, uh what was I saying? Yeah, I was kind of consistently making a very small amount. I wasn't... I wasn't, like, trying to make money from it. Well, I was really, but it was... I wasn't... I wasn't risking anything. I wasn't putting any kind of percentage of my earnings in to... To actually... Uh, make anything substantial. It was more just a bit of fun. 
in the same way that I put 10 euro into my Paddy Power account, knowing that in a week's time I'll have to put 10 euro more into it <laughs> to be able to bet anything. So yeah, it was just a bit of crack. Um, but then recently, with the massive drop, uh, I think I had like 20 quid in it. And it dropped to like 10. And usually by now, it would have completely rose again. And I'd be able to take out that money and with the tiny bit of profit. But it's just like hanging in there. It just does not want to go up. It's going up very slowly at the moment. But mm, not, sure, not sure if it'll get back to the, what was it, like 50k? Great British Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, 38k right now. Was for, yeah, it got over 50,000 euro. And a lot of people are still predicting it'll it'll get over like a hundred thousand. But anyway, I'm not gonna hold my breath. Point point of the story was yeah, I'd I'd hate to have any kind of large amount of money in Bitcoin and it just be sitting there way below the high high point of the last year. Um, yeah, you just can't trust it, can you? You just, you have to be like Faye from Love Island with, with um, cryptocurrency. Just have the tiniest bit of trust and assume the worst, no matter what they say. Uh, you voted us for one of the least compatible three groups out of seven so i'm assuming you think we're not compatible at all why didn't you pull me for a chat and tell me that my boyfriend wasn't for me mm? tell me that you've been nothing but fake and disingenuous this whole time and i've lost all my trust for you yeah but yeah but Faye, we had to, had to pick someone didn't we nobody else is getting pissed off other than you. She's like, you can see why I trust nobody. You can see why. I've trusted nobody ever. And I never will again. Oh, she's just... I remember when her and Teddy were getting together at the start and... Teddy was like, oh, I'm just not, not for drama at all. I'm just a laid-back guy, you know? And uh, Faye's the complete opposite, as we've seen. But uh, they're still going strong. Fair play to them. Least compatible. But does it matter? No, not really. So don't be getting all angry about it. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. Anyway, going back to my story I started half an hour ago. Um, yeah, so I gave a two euro coin to this lady. She gave me a euro and a pound back and that was all. That's how exciting my week was. 
not. I went go karting. And as predicted, there was seven of us, seven rookies. Um, you know, many many crashes. As as predicted, it was an amazing experience, though. Such good crack. Out in. Kylemore, uh, West Dublin, Kylemore Carding, rock up to this, like, warehouse looking place, they give you the, the helmet, the gloves, the, this racing jacket you have to wear, you get suited and booted, they, you can see out onto the track from reception, it's pretty cool. It's actually massive. On the website, the pictures of the track make it look quite narrow. But when you're there, there's an absolute ton of space for for overtakes and to allow for many a crash, as was experienced. <sighs> so yeah, you get the, the safety procedure. Uh, red flag, yellow flag, checkered flag, end of the race. At one point, they were waving the checkered flag. I don't know why, but I thought... I thought that meant you had one lap left. I think I got it from watching the Olympics. Whenever there's like an 800 meter plus race when they're running more than one lap. And before... As they're crossing the line for the last lap, they get the bell. And for some reason, my head went there and I was like, oh, checker flag, last lap. And somebody was in front of me at the first corner and I overtook them straight away. And I was like, yes, good overtake. And then as I was coming around to the end, I was like, oh, that wasn't even the, yeah, the race was over. And I just overtook someone. Such bad etiquette from me. But I think that was the only time I, I fucked up really. Uh, yeah, hopefully. So yeah, checkered flag, red flag, yellow flag, blue flag. I don't think that was a thing, was it? Blue flag in F1 is when you're... When you're being overtaken by somebody that's about to lap you. And you have to basically let them pass. You're not allowed to race them at all. You just have to kind of slow down and let them by. But that was definitely not a thing because I would say multiple times we were lapping each other after several crashes. Oh my days, so many crashes. There was <laughs> So there's two races and basically there was a, a five lap warm up and then I think whoever got the the times from your best lap from that was decided the grid for the first race then the first race was 25 laps and then the results of that race were flipped for the second race so whoever finished first in the first race started last and and uh, the same with the rest of the pack in the second race but i would say so there was what 55 laps overall and i would say there was about 
30 crashes. There was seven of us, so if we, if we each had like, yeah, three crashes each. I definitely had at least three, probably five. Yeah, I'd say there was nearly as many crashes as laps, to be fair. And on the track, there's there's yellow lights uh, every, I don't know, 50 meters or whatever it is. And they would flash whenever there's a crash. So it would mean half speed or like just barely slow down and make sure you slow down in front of the guy with the flag because, yeah, just look like you're, you're making an effort to slow down. And no overtaking. <coughs> Declan, not saying any names. But no overtaking yellows. And, um... Yeah, so you'd know there was a crash ahead somewhere. So you'd slow down and hope that you don't run into them. <laughs> there was one corner in particular where there was a high point of the track and there was like a twisted downhill part which actually you weren't supposed to overtake in at all. There was like a, a banner on the side which said no overtaking because it would be quite dangerous. If you're going like full speed and then it's suddenly downhill. I'd say people could easily flip the car or something. That's probably why. But there was a part down there. And then there was a really tight turn after the twisty downhill. Where people kept hitting each other and getting stuck. And you'd have to go really wide to avoid them. But it was just... Yeah. It's proper, proper dodgy times out there. You gotta look after yourself, you know? And whenever you'd crash or get stuck on a barrier, you basically had to put your hand up and be like, help, help, because there was no reverse in the car. And they weren't the most agile uh, side to side. So even if you weren't stuck on a barrier, but you're facing one, at some point I was like that. I was like halfway across the track. But I couldn't turn the wheel enough to avoid the barrier and I couldn't go backwards. So I literally had to sit there and wait in the middle of the track. <laughs> oh, it was so fun. There was another time where I was trying to overtake someone down the straight going fucking 90. The car was like, sh like proper shaking as you, as you went full pace. Just couldn't handle it. And, uh, the person went wide to turn in and I went I went for like a dive bomb on the inside to try cut them off and take take that position but they didn't see me at all so they turned in I was already committed to the dive bomb and suddenly they were like side on and I went straight into the side of them and I was barely breaking at this stage so they went flying huge collision um I think it was like 51 G's, like the same as Verstappen and Silverstone, you know, something like that craziness. And the crowd went wild. But yeah, then I was stuck on the on the curb because I'd spun and waving, I was waving, help, please. And there was, as your man was pushing me back into place, there was like three cars who caught up to me. 
and we're waiting to get past and your man pushed me back so that I was kind of side on and instead of letting them on which I'm not sure if I should have or not didn't really care at that stage I just sped off <laughs> they're all looking at me like hey you can't just go like that but yeah I wasn't I wasn't losing those positions you know that crash wasn't my fault all right I'm not losing any more positions because of it. But yeah, we we'd said after like it was, there was no um, there's no friends on the racetrack, absolutely not. Everyone was <laughs> everyone was a rival out there. Yeah, it was serious crack, and I think we could all we could all imagine, we could all feel why why racing cars for a living is unreal it's just such an experience and the adrenaline pump was unreal and 25 laps just absolutely sped by but yeah i could not recommend car more carding enough it was a, a serious experience <laughs> but yeah in the, especially in the first race i think by the second race everyone kind of knew the rules in the first race not so much and there was a couple of times where there was a crash and you'd just be you'd just be cruising along you know you're not trying to overtake people uh, taking nice nice racing line into the corners preserving your tyres uh, keeping the tyres warm though the little left and rights um, and then somebody would would just cruise along your inside and overtake you really slowly and you're just looking at them like no sorry you can't do that it would be unreal if there was actual radio like a pro proximity radio or something in the carts you could be like no fuck you mate oi you can't bloody do that or like laugh at somebody as you're going by them hey too slow Boss wanker. Okay, I'm hanging upside down. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Um. So yeah, there's literally people just cruise past you. See you later. I'm not playing by the rules. And then the second race, I think most people knew. Eh, most people knew what to, what to and what not to do which was fun there was also a point after one of my crashes where I got going again and I was doing a few nice laps making up time I was kind of thinking in my head you know I'm probably way at the back here but just like Sergio Perez and Sakir I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna just put in some really good laps keep the lap times up and just hope for the best, you know, we, you never know, a race is never over till the fat lady sings, and the fat lady had not started singing yet, and I ended up coming second in the second race, when I literally thought I was at the back, so there you go, there's a lesson for you, never give up, as Michael Jordan once said, keep shooting till, till the ref blows his whistle, uh, pe 
pedal to the wood. Jumpers for goals. You know, as Charlie Chaplin once said, you are not cattle, you are men. But anyway, well, my point was, as I felt, I felt like I was way at the back. And honestly, for about five laps, I couldn't see anyone. It got to a stage where I genuinely thought, as the race ended and, I, and they just forgot about me. And then I'd pass where, where the start was. And I was like, no, no, there's nobody there. There's nobody waiting off the track for me. And I kept swinging my head around to, to look like two corners behind me. I was like, where, where, where is everyone? And then eventually, I think because I was in such a gap, I was able to put in a few fast laps and catch up because I saw someone literally like three corners ahead of me I don't know how this this track is tiny and there's seven of us on it and I just couldn't see anyone but as I caught up to the next person uh, I, I was kind of relieved more than anything I was like oh good the, the race is still on that's okay it does feel like bumper cars at some points though which I think is all all part of the fun and definitely in the first race, I was being too cautious. And some other people were were really going for it. And they kind of benefited from, from not holding back. Whereas I was trying to be too clean. And, I don't know, give people space. And I d I've just watched too much F1. And I was thinking that I need to drive like an F1 driver. <laughs> Whereas other people were just like, nah, I'm out here to win this race. I'm going to bump into people. I don't give a shit. A few times you'd, you'd be looking over your shoulder, don't see anyone, and then you take a turn and then bang, you're you're just shunted out of the way. And it literally was like bumper cars. It was such, such fun. Because the, the outside of the go-kart is, there's basically a layer of rubber surrounding the go-kart so that it, it doesn't get destroyed obviously but it also means that when you hit someone you kind of just bounce off each other uh, no, nobody seemed to get any whiplash or anything so that's good and you know hel helmets on and safety gear and all that but yeah definitely next time I know that uh it's kind of no holds barred. I need to be more aggressive. I need to be less like Vettel, you know. Complaining about people overtaking me. And just bloody do it. Just get on with it. So then at the end. After the two races. You get your. You get like a printout of the results and the podium so basically they give points for both races uh, and the the total points from the two races are added and there is your results uh, so the results we had Declan in first, 
We had Pedro in second. We had Sam in third. That is your podium. So, I was deeply saddened not to get on a podium. Uh, and you know, I finished finished second in the second race. So, I was kind of... Technically, I would have got a podium, you know, if it was... You know, if you look at it that way. But I didn't get a podium overall. So, dis- disappointed anyway. Then we had Aaron in fourth. Mr. Consistent. He finished... Uh, he finished third in both races. That's pretty impressive because with the whole grid flip, you know, it's kind of meant to to change thing, things around. But, you know, that's just mis- Mr. Consistent. I was joking with him being like, that's what, uh, you know, that's what an F1 team is looking for. Somebody that can get points week in, week out. Mr. Consistent. I probably crashed it in the lease as well. Then me in fifth... After all my smack talk. After all that. And I come in fifth. Then Georgina in sixth. And Sarah in seventh. Yeah. It was very close though. I like that. uh, The system. Where the results of the first race. Are flipped for the grid on the second race mix things up because I did terribly in the first race and then obviously gave me a better position in the second race and I finished yes I finished there was seven of us I finished fifth in the first race and in the second race I finished second and overall I finished fifth how mad is that average that doesn't make any sense I'm going to send this in to the bloody Irish equivalent of the FIA, the racing administration, I don't know what it is. Government body for racing in Ireland. I'm going to send this in and ask what's what's the story here. Because it's absolutely ridiculous. You can't allow me to, to, you know, say all these things and promise I'm going to win and make all these overtakes and then make me finish in fifth. With with an average of fifth and second, it's just ridiculous. I'll be putting in. A, I'll definitely be putting in an appeal. I'll, I'll put it that way. But yeah, it also gives you the the best time of the event, as in your fastest lap, which is pretty cool. Um, Declan got that as well, which was twenty eight point eight seconds. And. I just, he just squeaked by me, I was in 28.9, so one tenth off I was, and there's about, there's about 20 kilos between me and Deck, in weight, obviously, and you know, I think that should factor in and I should just be awarded fastest lap, you know, I have to, I have to cling on to something here, right? I just have to. Uh, it, it wasn't my day. I'll put it that way. It wasn't my day. But. That didn't even matter. You know. If I'd won. It definitely would have mattered. But because I didn't win. It doesn't matter. Results don't matter. Alright. <laughs> but it's good as well. Because. 
for the practice session for the first race and for the second race you're kind of changing carts every time and each cart performs slightly different in the, in the same way that you know Formula 1 cars do some some have better steering some are, feel slightly fast than the other ones and everyone, everyone kind of said the same so it was it was a fair way all round of, of racing especially when we are we all were kind of different body sizes and weights it was it was definitely a, a fair way of doing it and i'd definitely go back very soon for redemption more than anything i think next time i go i'd definitely just just not even talk to anyone just you know head down i'm here for a podium and for a fastest lap nobody talked to me all right we can be friends afterwards when i win <laughs> then i'll talk to you again during the race like you've no idea where you are as well which is kind of a good thing i think but just from now until the next race day all my focus is on karting I'm going to be doing reaction training. I'm going to be cutting down the pounds. I'd race in my car on the way to work, but that'd be illegal. I'm just going to do cart simulation, if that's the thing. I might even buy my own cart. Even though they're quite expensive. I was actually I was looking up to out of curiosity, I was looking up how much they were. And they're like they're as much as like a hatchback car. You're kinda of paying like four or five grand for a decent one. Not even new. But they'd be some crack to to be able to go out in a car whenever you want. You just have somewhere you'd have to have somewhere to drive them. One of the best the most enjoyable parts for me was actually just spinning the car. Whenever you'd go like out of line or you crash and had to reset yourself on the track, you could just put your foot down and spin the tires in the same way they do on like race tracks. The pros just spin the back wheels, line up the front, and away you go. So much fun. And because we were racing for like a good hour, hour and a half, I don't know how long it was actually you got a really good feel for the cart and you know the steering is it's quite stiff and you kind of work out you know when you need to drift uh braking while you're going straight make sure you brake before you turn and in certain parts of the track that you can kind of cut across to add more time you really get into the mindset of of racing and trying to make the most of your lap it's so there's such a focus that goes into it and like turning your head left and right seeing who's behind you cutting people off it's just something you don't get to do or i've never done in my life and i can't wait to do it again such an experience karting was a blast hey Want to hear a funny joke about potassium? Okay. 
Or I could tell you a joke about salt. Nah. <laughs> Anyways, hope you enjoyed my rant about carting. You know, we didn't come away with the result we wanted. Uh, plenty to learn. Go back to the drawing board. Yeah, we'll have chats with the team. We'll find out what the where the mechanical error was. Where I could have improved as a driver. Um, as Lando Norris said, <laughs> he's like, "Was that a lack of power? That was a lack of talent." That is that is the podcast for this week. Hope you enjoyed. And you know, for the weekend ahead, I hope you have a good one. Take it easy.